0: If you want it, you can have it, but you gotta learn to reach out there and grab it.
1: Hello, and welcome to We Are Weezer, episode 55, Falling For You. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I am joined by special guest, Larry. Larry is a fellow Weezer fan and a YouTuber who featured me in his latest video. Hi, Larry.
2: Hi, it's me. (laughs) Uh,
1: Before we get going, let me tell you a little bit about the show. We Are Weezer is a podcast about Weezer. We have two kinds of episodes, a song review episode like today, where my guest host and I scour the internet to find details and fun facts on your favorite Weezer songs. Then we give you all the details, review it, and rate it using our special rating system. And then we also have Perfect Situations, where we'll do Weezer news, guest interviews, stories, and/or the history behind a Weeze mark, which is a Weezer landmark. Before we go to song discussion, let's talk to Larry. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and recap our, our last conversation in case the peeps didn't listen to Perfect Situations last week?
2: Ah, uh, yes. So essentially, I am a YouTuber. Uh, who makes videos analyzing political culture, uh, normal everyday songs. I cover almost everything, really, uh, from uh, the band's Gorillaz, Billie Eilish. I do historical videos, a lot of analysis and whatnot. All of them are essay forms. But most notably, as of recently, I do Weezer videos. So most recently, I did a Weezer Pinkerton video uh, a retrospective slash essay research analysis of uh, the album, the hell Rivers Coma went through while making the album, and the aftermath and the reaction towards Pinkerton.
1: And what kind of research did you do for that? Like, how long did it take you to get a a script laid out?
2: It took me three months. It is by far my longest video. Uh, it's clocking in at nearly 20 minutes uh, wow. I, I'd say it's kind of like a mini documentary of some sorts. Cool. It, it going through making that video was hell, but <laughs> I'm I'm glad with the final product. I think it's one of my best works. and It's probably you the like pra- how it turned out. Yeah, it's probably my the thing I'm most proud of actually uh, on the wow. YouTube channel currently. Uh, cool. Because uh, it's a tribute to my favorite album of all time and my favorite band of all time, and I hope you guys enjoy it. You could find it on. Uh, YouTube, just look up uh, Why Pinkerton is a Masterpiece uh, under Zeepstered, and you'll see it right there.
1: I can't wait to listen to it. I actually have a little part in it, I think, right?
2: Yeah, you do. You do, yeah. Okay,
1: cool. That's exciting. And he also has one on the Blue Album, so check that out, maybe first, and then watch Pinkerton afterwards. Go
2: chronologically, yeah. Yeah,
1: I have to go. I'm one of those people, I have to go in order I can't just skip around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Rivers is like that too.
2: Yeah, he seems he seems very formula, formulatic, formulatic, formulatic.
1: Formulate? Like la- formularic. I
2: don't know. I, I formularic? Don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so are you a longtime Weezer fan?
2: I I am not a long time Weezer fan. I've been a Weezer fan for, I'd say, nearly three years, but I'm pretty young. So, in the vast grand scheme of things, I'm likely going to be a long time Weezer fan for the rest of my life. Uh, I didn't get into Weezer until the end of my senior year of high school with uh, the Green Album. And uh, to keep things short, I loved the Green Album. And then I went <laughs> to the Blue Album and I loved that. Then I went to Pinkerton and I didn't really love that, but it grew on me. And now it's my favorite Weezer album, oddly enough.
1: And why'd you pick Falling For You today?
2: I picked Falling For You because I wanted... Uh, it's probably my top five favorite Weezer songs. There's not a song that I find so like so raw and so much more powerful in uh, Weezer's discography of songs. I And also I wanted to pick a song that represented uh, one of my favorites from Pinkerton to also promote the video. So... Fallen For You just seems just so appropriate to talk about today. Also because recently it was Valentine's Day and, you know, we're, we all fall for someone. It's all about love and whatnot. So why not celebrate love by uh, analyzing the most raw essence of love? And that's that's what I think Fallen For You is. Rivers Cuomo yelling his heart out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is a perfect song for uh, a, a Valentine's Day or a Weezer Day as some people like to call it.
2: It is, it was Weezer day, 28 years.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I'm old. (laughs) That just makes me feel old. Uh, I wonder if it makes them feel old.
2: Oh yeah, it's been more than (laughs) a quarter of a century, the way we look at things, yeah. It's crazy. Rivers can never be old though. That guy, he's like, I think he found like the fountain of youth. He can never grow old. You'll just look at him. At, he's about to be fifty, I think, this year.
1: Uh huh. Well, that's not fifty. Is not that
2: old, nah, but not um, that old. But he I looks fairly young, post. though, still for his yeah. age.
1: I I agree. Well, fifties like the new forties, so it's all good. What are you most excited for for the future with Weezer?
2: I am excited for Okay Human, uh, that future project. But I am also excited in three months from the time of recording, this Van Weezer will come out. I really liked the single uh, End of the Game. And I'm hoping that Weezer is able to, you know, keep it up with uh, Van Weezer. Because when uh, Black Album came out, or when the first single of Black Album came out, uh, shoot, the Can't, Can't Knock the Hustle. I liked that single. I know some people didn't. Uh, I know most notably you, Rachel, you didn't like it. (laughs) And uh, I actually liked Zombie Bastards 2 when that came out. And when High as a Kite came out, I was really excited. And then uh, the album came out and I was a little disappointed. A little is a bit of an understatement. I was pretty disappointed with the final product. But I think Van Weezer will be able to keep up uh, the excitement. That's what I'm hopeful for. I'm optimistic.
1: Yeah, me too. I hope they just rock our socks off with uh, Van Weezer. Like give us all the guitar solos and like go crazy uh, on like the ending of the song. Like make it a a, a solid seven to eight minute song if you want, like just go heavy. I don't know, I'm excited. I hope it's like the Future Scope Trilogy plus Red Album, Plus a dash of blue is what I would, I would hope for maybe some Maladroit.
2: Please don't give us uh, another California kids or a, what was that one song on there? The piece of, Oh, piece of cake was all right. There was a Byzantine.
1: Byzantine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that whole album just kind of fell flat for us, even though they promoted the crap out of it. Um,
2: they promoted the two album more than they did the black album. That's the thing. Uh, and they, nobody
1: even got the golden spork, which is still a mystery. And was if it lot Then we don't know about it. But how do you like not tell other people you got it if you did get it? So I think it doesn't exist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd like to ask Carl. Carl, did anybody did a a golden spork go out to anyone? Let's let's find out.
2: We must know. It's an important we question. Must...
1: I think so, too. Like, I just want to know. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be real gold or anything, but like, I just want to know if it, you know, if it happened.
2: You see like these uh, things in like cereal boxes and whatnot. Go online and register this code and you'll win a trip to, uh, I don't know, Belize or something or like London or England. And uh, you see, you see that? And uh, you just wonder, like, does anyone actually win these things? Or is, yeah. is this just like a ploy just for, for uh, you to sign up to their mail, mail letter, and they like spam you to like buy like random cereals and whatnot? You know? I mean,
1: that's what I think. It's like hype to get you to buy it or whatever. And then you never know. <laughs> did you get a spork at all? Did you?
2: I did not get a spork. I don't know what you
1: had to buy to get a spork. I don't remember. Did you but... get a spork? I did. It's black.
2: Do you still I'm have the spork?
1: I do. I uh, I have a, a Weezer collection and uh,
2: a spork just, is right there.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out a way to display it classily, if that's a, a thing that you can do mm-hmm. or a term.
2: To make it look aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> yes. I think it's a proper term. Yeah.
1: All my Weezer tchotchkes. So, yeah. All right. Well, you have something else that you want to say before we jump into some song discussion?
2: Uh check out the Pinkerton video. I worked hard on it. That's it. Uh, okay, cool.
1: I highly agree and there will be a link in the show notes for everybody as well and we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and we're going to jump in to some song discussion on Falling For You. It is off of the album Pinkerton. It's track number nine, and it was released in 1996. It was recorded in spring of 1996 at Sound City Studios in Van Nuys, California, and it's three minutes and 47 seconds long. It is on the label with Geffen. It's officially released, and it was debuted live September 24th, 1996, at Tower Records in Los Angeles. It's number 216 on the Rivers Cuomo song chronology, and it's uh, between The Good Life and Butterfly, which we'll get into later. And why don't you tell us about the personnel?
2: Yeah, it was written by none other than Rivers Cuomo. And it had Rivers Cuomo on lead guitar, lead vocals, Matt Sharp on bass guitar, backing vocals, and Patrick Wilson on percussion. And it was produced by Weezer.
1: Like we said earlier, it's on Pinkerton, Pinkerton Deluxe, Son of Swag, which is a record sampler that Geffen sent out in 1996. And The Lion and the Witch, it's track number three on there. Do you have the Lion and the Witch?
2: I did not have the Lion and the Witch.
1: Neither do I. I need to get it. I think
2: it's a rarer type of thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I think you can still order it, just like Amazon. I don't know.
2: I have their Christmas uh, CD when uh, right before Green Album came out.
1: Oh, that's Uh, cool. Yeah,
2: it's a little. It's part of my Weezer memorabilia, along with uh, the concerts I've been been at and whatnot. Uh, yeah i
1: save all my tickets too do you do that
2: yeah i save my
1: tickets (laughs) you have to
2: i do that with movie tickets too like my friends ask me why don't you toss these out i don't know i just i like going through them like oh yeah i watched uh, alvin and the chipmunks shipwrecked (laughs) when i was 10 years old
1: do you write who you went with because i i do that
2: i do not but that's a good idea
1: yeah that way you can when you're old and you have no idea who you saw that with you can be like Who's Harold? I don't know. But you saw chipmunks with him. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about Falling for You. So it was actually recorded during Rivers' spring break at Harvard. And if you don't know, Rivers went to college after the Blue Album, had a really hard time. That's where Pinkerton came from. He, uh, I forget like what the deal is, if it was if he was born this way or what was going on, but one of his legs uh, was actually shorter than the other one, which caused him a lot of pain. So he had surgery to even them out and now he's cool, but uh, it was a really, really painful and long process after to heal afterwards. And he was in like this super dark place, which I'm sure you get into on your retrospect. Mm -hmm. And so We got a lot of beauty and harshness and some a little weirdness and a lot of darkness out of Pinkerton. And that's one of the things that I like about it. Mm -hmm. And it adds to, I don't know, I think the word you said earlier was raw, which I agree. Yeah.
2: Well, from the period of uh, May 1995, like a year after the Blue Album came out to, I'd say, like as far into like 2000, it was not a good time to be Rivers Cuomo because what what with going into Harvard, having girl problems, not feeling too confident in yourself, realizing that being a rock star isn't all that great as it was once made out to be. And uh, his surgery, it was all painful. And even even after all of that, when he like poured his heart out into Pinkerton and like people rejected it, uh, yeah, he kind of uh, fell into a deeper depression, not to mention in 1997 when Michael and Carly passed away. It was a terrible time to be Rufus Cuomo. Uh, and it makes me glad that he eventually did get out of that hole. But Falling For You is, I think, a piece from that dark period in his life that I find rather fascinating, because uh, I think it's the perfect essence of what depression or desperation is, you know?
1: Yeah, we've all been there. So on this song, one of the the cool parts is that it actually and I don't know like how you're supposed to say it. I want to say segue, but it doesn't look like it's
2: it's a transition. I'd say yeah, yeah. Segue is another good term for it. But the way it smooths into from falling for you into or uh, excuse me from pink triangle into falling for you. It's just, it's.
1: I'm so it's the about guitar it's so that does it, yeah. right? Is it yeah. piano or guitar?
2: It's a guitar. If I yeah, guitar.
1: It hey goes, Brian, can you put that yeah. in there right right here, please?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Segway.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting that that's the first time that they did that. And I guess, you know, this whole album was supposed to be one of those, which Weezer goes back to on the White Album, um, which I'm sure Jake Sinclair put a lot of uh, thought into the White Album. And one of those little things, you know, a snippet that he took from Pinkerton that they returned to there. Cause I'm not sure, like, what are their albums? They did that on after this.
2: Mm-hmm. I believe they do it in. Uh, they do it in black album again. Uh, they do it from Zombie Bastards into High as a Kite. I don't know if uh, you noticed that. Okay. Uh, there's like a short ringing at the end of a Zombie Bastards, and that ringing transition transitions into the be- the beginning ringing in High as a Kite, which I think they did smoothly. Uh, which I really like. I think they do it and everything will be alright in the end, but I'm not sure. I don't. I can't really count the Feature Scope trilogy because I count it as one big song. I don't count it as three various songs. Right. As some people refer it to. Yeah. I do like it when albums do that, though, and they do it well. Uh, most notably, I know Connie West does it from time to time in his songs. And uh, an album I also love Igor by Tyler, the creator, he does it at various points in there. I'm just like a sucker for it whenever uh, they do that.
1: Oh, I was going to say Pink Floyd.
2: <laughs> Pink Floyd Sounds, does it too, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite albums of all time. But I think that, you know, obviously they did it first. I'm wondering like who else? I, I don't remember if the Beatles did it, but it is a thing. Obviously it's called, so how do you pronounce it? Segu? seg.
2: Segu Sega, it's Segway. It's Segway. Yeah, it's Segway.
1: I thought Segway was spelled S E G W A Y. Honestly,
2: Rachel, I did too until I saw it today for the first time in a long time.
1: Weird. All right, one of those weird English words that. Is spelled differently. And at the beginning, Rivers' amplifier was receiving some kind of radio interference of a lady. I want to say speaking Japanese, but maybe it was Korean. Yeah, I believe it was it's
2: Korean a, when I did okay. the research, yeah.
1: That's what's popping in my brain, too. And she, it's like a commercial. And because of the theme of the new theme of the album, Rivers is like, oh, we got to keep this in here. Mm-hmm.
2: He thought it was like a... A divine intervention of sh- of sorts uh, that something was telling him that hey what you're doing keep at it
1: you know keep going you got this dude because
2: <laughs> the entire album and uh, I talk about it in this video it's a a cry for help for girls but most specifically uh, uh the ethnicity of a uh, Asian specifically Japanese uh, the classic line goddamn you half Japanese girls. There's an interview segment within the video. It's actually really interesting that uh, making this making this album made him have a a preference in the, the type of girls he liked. Uh, of course, eventually he did marry a Japanese woman. what's her name? Kyoto. Yes. Yeah, Kyoto.
1: But didn't he have that before? Like he he. It's not like this album made him like Japanese women.
2: He did. He did have it before. I'd say, I, I argue in the video that this like really pushed him to go more further into that direction. Uh, Interesting, because during
1: he, his research or whatever, yeah, he
2: was noticing a trend that uh, he was having a lot of difficulties with women, most specifically uh, Asian women, and he was noticing how like he he noticed it really more during the making of Pinkerton, and it made him more fascinated about a. Uh, Japanese culture and whatnot. For example, in Across the Sea, when he gets a letter from uh, this uh, young Japanese woman, uh, that entire song, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. It Begins with a uh, you know the Japanese interest instruments and whatnot, string instruments. I'd say like this entire album is an entire tribute to Japanese culture as a whole. You know,
1: yeah, uh, or at least. Partially, mm-hmm. partially to an extent. Yeah, some,
2: some of it is uh, a large majority of a majority of it is uh, yelling and screaming about, uh,
1: <laughs> and crying and
2: crying, and it, it's really sad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's something that I love about Pinkerton uh, specifically is the emotion that you feel when you listen to the songs, whether it's happy like in a good mood dancing or it just has like a determination and a sadness to it and some anger and sad. Yeah.
2: It's not afraid that that's how I define Pinkerton. If I had to have one sentence to define it, it's not afraid to tell you what's on its mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not afraid to let it out, which he, I guess regrets and then goes back to being okay with at some point. And it's, it's complex, right?
2: Mm-hmm. It's extremely complex. Uh, the mind of Rivers Cuomo during this entire thing, which even confused his band members. For example, uh, from my research, uh, Matt Sharp had some quarrels with uh, Rivers Cuomo during the making of Pinkerton because uh, Cuomo wanted to make uh, Weezer more intellectual. Uh, he even re-edited uh, the El Scorcho music video So uh, Cuomo could have most of the most of the screen time on it because he wanted to, Cuomo wanted to make himself more of the front man of the band and uh, Matt Sharp wanted something more similar to that of uh, the Beach Boys or the Beatles, that no single person in the band should be a front man. And uh, also, Ververs Cuomo wanted to make the music videos very artsy, uh, intellectual and what not to analyze. And Matt Sharp really wanted to the band to remain, uh, I guess, persist as goofy, geeky and charming to uh, go back to the roots of, uh, say, the music video for Buddy Holly or uh, the music, music video for The Sweater Song and whatnot. He thought that the path Rivers Cuomo was going for didn't uh, speak for the rest of the band members. And really, uh, it was one of uh, the things, it was really difficult. Because following uh, the release of Pinkerton, Sharp, of course, left the band because of disagreements. We don't have an official story of what exactly happened, but one can only guess that the disagreements continued to persist and the negative reaction towards Pinkerton left uh, made Sharp uh, or encouraged Sharp to leave the band and go and focus on the Rentos full-time.
1: Which is interesting because he went to go be a frontman rather than part of another group so it's like well maybe he didn't really want it to be a group he just wanted to be the front man mm-hmm. and realized that during this process you know mm-hmm.
2: what do you think about a? Uh, what do you think truly happened during uh, the entire drama between rivers and sharp back then I-, I honestly think just you know disagreements you know i don't think it was like any like real inner drama of uh, them disliking each other just uh you know
1: Yeah, I just think, you know, they have different... I think they have very different tastes in in music direction that they would want to go. So, like, Matt's very synthy, poppy. He loves his moog and his high notes. Mm -hmm. And Rivers is more raw, nirvana, uh, melody, Beach Boys. It's um, more of a, like, musicality rather than, like... I don't know, I want to say, like, 80s, you know, um, feel. Like, it's more mm-hmm. earthy, maybe? Earthy? Um, yeah. Gritty. And and I do think that they clashed because they both are the guy who wants to be in the front. And mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. Like, I just think that he probably just... They they realized it wasn't going to work out. And...
2: If you look at a concert... Uh, with the sharp. He's very energetic, like very moving. He's kind of like the the life of the band and maybe Cuomo didn't like that too much because he wanted to be the star. But I guess we'll never really know because we weren't in the band. But that's how I interpret it as a mix of jealousy, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Rivers' ego didn't like that either, you know, mm-hmm. and wasn't willing to share or give it up. But I don't know that it the band would have continued successfully as the Weezer that we know today if Matt stayed. I think, you know,
2: although I love Matt, I I know there are some fans who are just like, oh, Matt should have never left. Weezer is dead now because Sharp is gone. Uh, I disagree. I think Weezer is still alive, very much breathing. When when Mikey came in, uh, he kind of helped re-energize Weezer. To what it was during the blue album, what with the help of Island in the Sun and Hash Fight and all these other songs. And when Mikey left, uh Scott came in. I think Scott has uh been able to de- define the sound of Weezer more to what it is today than the, and I love Matt than uh what Matt did. I think uh Scott sh- Scott is uh very much she's my my favorite bassist out of all all of them, all of the three. That's what I'm trying to get at. I love Scott. <laughs>
1: um, I think we all love Scott. Yeah, I, I agree too. I truly believe that the Blue Album and Pinkerton have amazing bass, but that doesn't mean that all the other albums don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that Weezer wouldn't be who they are today without him, but it had to go that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not like they haven't done the same thing again since. So you can't really say that it was all, you know, Matt. Mm -hmm. Unless you're listening to this and you think that, that Pinkerton was the last good Weezer album, which I highly doubt, you know, you have to admit that Scott is an awesome bassist. Mm -hmm.
2: I am curious though, if you are listening to this, uh, I, I'm wondering um uh, what uh why you uh put yourself in such torture if you don't like Weezer <laughs> and how it is right now and you listen to a Weezer-based podcast where we talk about modern Weezer fairly frequently, you know?
1: Yeah. I I would love to get a guest on here who actually like is like um Not Matt Damon, but Leslie Jones. Is it Leslie Jones who on Saturday Night Live is like a hardcore just purist like Blue and Pinkerton? (laughs) I'd love to get somebody on here just so I can understand. It's
2: Leslie Jones on Saturday Night Live, yeah.
1: (laughs) And I know she really didn't feel that way, but Mm. I'd like to get that on there. That's such a perfect
2: sketch. That's an awesome sketch. Like it's, It's like such a niche type of audience, too. So I just imagine like a majority of SNL like fans are just watching just like, what the hell is going on? What's going on?
1: Yeah, like we don't get it. <laughs> I know who Weezer is, but I don't get it. Like, it's not funny. I don't and, it's not, and it's
2: not like Weezer is like the most popular band of all time or anything. So, you know, you know, uh, out of the out of the three, and I hate to admit it, out of the three who are coming to the Hella Megator Tour. Weezer's probably uh, the least known when compared to Green Day and Fall Out Boy. Because Green Day has more, I'd say, has more of a cultural impact. And uh, Fall Out Boy, in its most recent sense, has more of a cultural impact to uh, the music industry as a whole, to what, they, to what Weezer is. And it's not try- trying to put Weezer down. i, I That's just, just how the way I see it. I don't know if you disagree.
1: I'm just not a, a Fall Out Boy fan. And I... Don't think I can say that. I, I think I have to because the the majority of people that are going to be a Fall Out Boy fan, what they're for sure millennials, mm-hmm. and there's not more of more millennials than there are everybody else. And I think that everybody else is going to know about Green Day and Weezer. Um, Green Day's way more mainstream and had more reach than Weezer. But they're so popular right now that how could you not even, like, know who they are? hmm Yeah. Now, I don't know who has the most plays or whatever because, you know, fans determine that and everybody has their hardcore fans. But there's a reason why Fall Out Boy is number three on there. <laughs> I don't know. And it's not respect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fall Out Boy is an okay band. I'm not too much of a fan of on their music. Uh I love Green Day, I love Weezer, but when I show up, I might skip out on Fall Out Boy if there's a last show uh of the night. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I totally would. <laughs> um but I do know some of their songs. Like I I think it was Brian. He was like actually Fall Out Boy is really good if you can get into and that's my Brian voice, even though he doesn't <laughs> talk like that. If you can get into it. And I was like, okay, let me go listen to some Fallout Boy. And I actually liked it. So, and I knew some of the songs. I'm fine with the hits. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. And it'll be a hits show. So, yeah. So, according to Setless FM, it's been played 99 times by The Weeze and five times by Rivers. Three times by Save the Day and one Men and Wales. Oh. I feel like every time I hear those two guys and how they covered the songs, the Weezer songs, I have no idea who they are. So my mission in life next time is to uh, find out and have more information on them. Mm-hmm. Do <laughs> they... Are you familiar with them at all?
2: No, I am not. Do they cover Weezer songs fairly frequently?
1: Yeah, I see it a lot. The Men in Wales, the one time. So it's like they must have like had a show and like the one person who updates Setlist FM went to go to that show and like just updated all the men in Wales. They
2: just played like a hundred Weezer songs, and that's why you see a hundred C- Weezer songs in one show. They're um,
1: gonna get themselves on everybody on Setlist FM <laughs> and just get their name out there any way they can. <laughs> that's funny but don't you think that 99 times seems low to, like, uh, that hear is this song very, live
2: yeah that is very low
1: i uh, want to know the next time like when that was updated because i i don't know i'm I, hoping I uh, too-
2: i'm hoping they do a what they did back in the early 2010s a show where they uh, do a full blue album set list and a full pinkerton set list because i missed that i was too young for that but I really want to hear uh, this song live, along with "Tired of Sex" and uh, "Across the Sea," because like in most in recent set lists for Weezer, it's become more difficult to try and listen to the more obscure songs because there's just so many hits. And uh, as of recently with the two album, there's just been so many covers added to the set list that it becomes increasingly unlikely that I'll be able to hear "Falling for You" live. You know?
1: Yeah. I wish they would do like tour just as Weezer and do like a hour and a half set and give us more than just the hits. Mm. Trying to think like, I know um, like Pearl Jam, I think they do like two hour sets and they'll play like everything that everybody wants, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I wish Weezer would do that and like get out of the one hour hits only. Plus uh, some covers, like, I don't know.
2: Give us um, Can't Stop Partying Live. It's been too long since yeah. the last time.
1: Get- uh, open up the show with that. That'd be so fun. <laughs> or automatic or just like something like we wouldn't expect. Like just surprise us. I don't know. Anything but Buddy Holly, for God's sakes.
2: God. I lo- <laughs> uh, That song's great, but I'm so sick of Buddy Holly whenever it comes on on the radio. Like I'm with friends and like they're going through the radio and just like, look, Larry, it's Buddy Holly. It's her favorite song. And I'm just like, <laughs> these guys, they don't even know what true Weezer is. You do is. like a
1: weird like neck twitch yeah. thing.
2: <laughs> it's actually my alarm clock, Buddy Holly. It's been that way for the past year and I've been too lazy to change it. So <laughs> I just wake up. The first thing I hear is, what's with these homies? And I'm just like, oh, my God, I hate this. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: It it's makes Groundhog Day.
2: It makes me get out of bed. <laughs> It makes me just like, I got to shut this thing fucking off. I'm so sick of this.
1: (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, There's one way to kill a song for yourself. (laughs) Wake up to it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Word for advice. Uh, (laughs) If you do not set your alarm clock as uh, one of your favorite songs, you're going to end up hating it.
1: That's unfortunate. Yeah. Don't do that.
2: I still love Sadie and Solo. I never get tired of that and so, so good.
1: I know, I love it so much. So there's no music video on this guy. Let's talk about lyrics and final thoughts.
2: Let's let's do it.
1: So this song is super duper sexy. It's one of those like you can feel what Rivers is like trying to uh, emote. He is being real. He's keeping it real. He's definitely like almost screaming at the end. I love the backup vocals. My favorite part is like when we're we're going up and he's like, I do like you and you like me too. And he's like, I'm ready. Let's do it, baby. I love that. And he's like, uh, so this song is about doing it, right?
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. I'm pretty sure that's how I analyze it as. I feel like... Uh, I, I've gone through various phases on this song. At first, I thought this song was about uh, infidelity and whatnot. I thought it was mm-hmm. him cheating cheating on someone else. I don't know what made me think Interesting. that. Uh, the, how he says, I'm ready, let's do it, baby. I feel like that's him. Uh, during, in one of my phases while analyzing it, I feel like that's him finally admitting or finally setting his fears aside of, you know, having sex with this person. and Either uh,
1: that or actually falling in love
2: yeah that too because i'm ready let's do it baby i'm ready to start this relationship let's do it no matter how hard or no matter how much i may be hurt by the end of it i'd rather have the experience you know uh yeah
1: like he has fallen so hard and he likes her way too much and like he's totally into it I guess I'm going to set my my fear of relationships aside and just let it happen and and fall in love, which is scary.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the lyrics, for everybody, <laughs> the lyrics, uh, I'm shaking at your touch. I like you way too much. I also thought that was like a reference, to like sex or something. Uh, I don't think so anymore. I think it's just like I'm so nervous about you, like even like touching you for ah. like a split second, like, you know. It makes me, I, I can't control myself. It makes me, you know, spasm. Nervous.
1: Yeah. Worried that I'll, I'll screw it up.
2: I really like the cello in your basement line.
1: I'm glad that you brought that up because the holy sweet goddamn, I have always said, oh, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I say. <laughs> My lyric for that is, oh, sweetheart, please tell me that's your cello in the basement. So I don't sing whatever this the actual lyrics are. <laughs> I have my own.
2: <laughs> I do that with songs all the time. It's my own version.
1: <laughs> and it, I don't know. It doesn't sound like that to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Like, does that part like stand out to you at all?
2: The cello part, uh, yeah, it stands out because it makes me uh, think about that he's probably referring to the same girl in El Scorcho, actually, because. Oh, the redhead said you shred the cello and I'm jello baby Uh, cello once again in this song and they both link to each other. El Scorcho, he says, uh, oh, I think I'm falling for you. I forget the exact lyric. And in this one, this song is called "Falling For You. It makes me think that they're both like referencing each other, which I think is interesting. I think it's the same girl, you know.
1: And the good life. Mm
2: hmm and uh, the way it's all interconnected and whatnot I think it's fascinating. I think Cuomo does a fantastic job at it. I wish he do I really wish he would do this in other albums where like he'd uh, make the songs like connect to each other re- reference to each other, you know? Yeah. Mm.
1: And I want him to like detail it out in notes and like share it with us. Mm. I want to know like the process or is it just because it's a mood that he's in when he's writing that it that the theme just carries across? I don't know.
2: Mm. Wow. You
1: know, because there's a lot of shaken happening, shaken booty. And then in this one, is shaken at your touch. So it's like, are you just using shaken a lot, <laughs> Rivers? Or, you know, everybody goes through phases and like, even listening to a podcast or recording yourself, it's like there's words that I use all the time that other people don't use. So you go and you go through phases of that. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know. Uh, what else did you like about the lyrics or the song? And tell me about your, your El Scorcho research. Like, what about this girl? Who is this girl?
2: This girl. So in, uh, from uh, 1995 to 1997, Rivers Cuomo went to Harvard, right? And while at Harvard, he experienced a lot of pain, both physically and emotionally. What with him having to walk around with a cane as referenced in uh, The Good Life and also just being a nervous wreck and whatnot. This was right after his Blue Album tour. The Blue Album tour was probably one of the worst things to ever happen to him in his entire life. Cause it, which is kind of uh, ironic because the entirety of his life, he's like, or before he became a rock star, he's just like, man, I want to be just like Van Halen, like Queen and whatnot. I want to be a rock star. And then the uh, Blue Album comes out. It's a financial success, a radio hit success. And uh, he's well, during the Blue Album tour, he starts to have these meaningless encounters, sexual encounters. Uh, he gets depressed. He's lacking an emotional connection with uh, someone.
1: Person, yeah, human.
2: Yeah, a human being. So he goes to Harvard, yeah. tries to meet people, but is not confident enough in his abilities to even, you know, uh, start a relationship with them, a friendship, you know? And honestly, I think Falling For You is, my personal theory is he finally did admit his feelings towards someone, and they they shared the same feelings through them. And this is him, like, uh, Falling For You is the story of him, you know, breaking out and being like, oh, wow, oh, my God, this is actually happening. I really hope I don't screw this up. And uh, that's what I find very noble about the entirety of Pinkerton as a whole. It's so honest, so direct, dark, but honest. And I think it's very brave of him.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I think now, because your life changes as you get older and you... um you have experienced these relationships and now you're in a different place where you're not going through angst is that it's hard to like get back to those root feelings that other people relate to so well and find something else that makes you feel so passionate that you can express it with your music. It's hard to, it's hard to get back there once you're no longer lonely or mm-hmm. um, nervous or mm-hmm. young. There, It's just, you're different. So I think that one of the challenges for them now is writing something that is as compelling mm-hmm. because of just where they are in life. I, I think that's...
2: I don't know how old you were whenever uh, Pinkerton came out, but when uh, I first listened to Pinkerton uh, or started getting really into Pinkerton... I related with a lot of the lyrics and I think a lot of uh, teenagers who are going through adolescence uh, are able to relate to Pinkerton too. And I, I think that's one of the things that uh, people miss about Pinkerton or uh, miss about Weezer in general is that uh, they want to go back to the time where Rivers Cuomo was talking about them, issues they related to and whatnot. As uh, the, the band continues to uh, move on, Cuomo is not in the same mindset as he was when he wrote Pinkerton. Cuomo is now happy he has a daughter a wife you know has made up with his father or stepfather he's become you know optimistic i think that should be celebrated with his recent music even if you for example i don't like the black album and whatnot but i could appreciate the fact that he's in a better mindset than what he was in pinkerton and if someone is trying to look for another pinkerton i'm afraid you're never going to get that ever again it's a one-time thing right you know yeah and i would never want another pinkerton Pinkerton is perfect the way it is. It's a perfect. Well, yeah. Why would you
1: want anything that could possibly replace it? Or, and you, yeah, I agree. We don't want rivers to like go to a dark place again. Like that's not the goal or Mm. the the thought. But just, I think the the relate like writing something so relatable and writing something so emotional. Like those are the two things that are great Mm. about the song in Pinkerton, and how do we get that again?
2: We get that at times. Uh, for example, uh, in the right album, we have the Angel and the One, an emotional piece, or uh, I'd say we get it a lot during the uh, White Album. Jake Sinclair took a lot of inspiration, I think, from Pinkerton mostly, some from the Blue Album, but uh, we see it at the end of White Album uh, with uh, Jacked Up, and a endless bummer. I think that's the closest we'll ever get to uh, something representing Pinkerton, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. But we'll see. Maybe Van Weezer's gonna...
2: Van Weezer's gonna make us all, like, cry. Somehow the end of the game was like a fluke and whatnot. <laughs> Van Weezer's gonna be an intense piece to listen to. Oh,
1: I hope so. I just, I would like some intenseness and mm-hmm. some depth... Like I don't want black album mm-hmm. uh, music. I want like I want some some darkness and longness and mm-hmm. deep.
2: I think following Pacific Daydream and Black album, we need something more, a little bit more tense, actually. Yeah, because I, yeah. I love Pacific Daydream. Some people find it a little too sweet. I think it's fine the way it is. I think it's a bit of a continuation from the White album, and then we get into Black album. I think. The way Rivers Cuomo was promoting it made it seem like it was going to be like a Pinkerton or something. And it wasn't. It was far from that. I'm hoping for Van Weezer. I think it's really a return of uh, the guitars and whatnot. I think Van Weezer is going to be more atoned to uh, say that of the Blue Album, which is fine. Uh, I'm excited for that. But uh, the project I'm really excited for is OK Human, where he takes inspirations from... uh, early 70s songs or late 60s songs from say uh uh the band that did a uh, shoot that one band that did uh in the uh eyes of darkness or whatever it is uh so it makes me think that okay human's gonna be more of a darker approach it's apparently it's gonna be very piano oriented from uh, the sources i've read
1: interesting uh,
2: which i am really excited for
1: i'm excited for that too Yeah, I think anything that's going to, like, help me wander with them and show off all of their musical technical skills, I would be, like, really interested in that. Mm -hmm. Because they're awesome musicians. Mm -hmm. Like, blow our ears off, you know? Don't give us, like, I don't need another Pop Weezer song. Like, give me some, like, fucking music.
2: (laughs) Give me something fucking good, yeah. Not to be harsh. (laughs)
1: Well, so is there anything else that you want to say about the song or mention about the lyrics that you like? Is there a specific lyric you love?
2: Uh, The lyric that I love the most out of the the entire song, and you mentioned it. I can't believe how bad I suck. It's true. What could you possibly see in little old three chord me? But I do like you and you like me, too. I'm ready. Let's do it, baby. The way he screams... Those final lines are so chilling. They're so goddamn chilling. And uh, there are very few other moments in Weezer songs that manage to, like, you know, get me so, like, enriched within uh, the song. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's just so real. It's so raw in its essence. And that's how I define Pinkerton. Uh, I'd say this is the last, like, the true emotional climax of the entire album. Because after this is uh, the finale, "Butterfly," which is soft, very sad, and compared to "Falling for You," it's quite a difference.
1: Yeah, we definitely slowed down. So this song is like very rockin' and upbeat, and it's interesting how it takes us to "Butterfly," which is like just so mellow and chill and quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting that they're able to do that effortlessly.
2: So good. So,
1: so yeah. good. It is a really good song. I'm glad you picked it. Thank you. Let us rate this. So I'll go first. I gave Falling For You a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, Scott and a Vest, Pat jamming on the Drums, a Blue Album Rivers Head, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 13.
2: Uh, I give the song a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, a Sexy Blue Album Rivers, and a Blazer Brian, and a Pat Jamin on the drums, to bring up the total to eleven.
1: So we are Weezer gives Falling For You a 12. Woo! Woo. <laughs> Which is an almost perfect score, because I think 13 is the is the top score. So we're there and that's that's good it's a really good rating oh yeah good job falling for you and weezer
2: (laughs) good job rivers you cried your heart out and you made it here you should be proud
1: they should be all right well let's take a break and then we'll we'll say goodbye (laughs) i'll be back (laughs) we'll be right back everyone. What is next? Perfect Situations 27. I have no idea yet. I'll figure it out by the time I need to. Larry, where can everybody find you and your stuff on social media?
2: You could find me on Zeepsterd on Twitter, but most notably, you could find me on Zeepsterd, that's Z-E-E-P-S-T-E-R-D on YouTube with my most recent video, the Pinkerton one. I'd appreciate it if you guys subscribe you know like and comment all that jazz i am fairly confident you guys would like my both my blue album video and uh my picket video if you love weezer and maybe check out some other stuff on there if you like billy eilish if you like gorillas you know a lot of a lot of neat stuff on there
1: yes and if you like politics or presidents or garfield there's (laughs) also something for you on there too (laughs) i cover Um, basically
2: everything yeah <laughs>
1: right? Except for movies, I guess. Yeah. But there's a Garfield movie. So <laughs> you could do that too. You can find We Are Weezer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Are Weezer. We have a website, weareweezer.com. Uh, you can listen, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you like to listen to podcasts. Thank you to Brian Becker for the sound. You are the best, and uh, everyone loves you. And don't forget, check out Zeepsterd on YouTube. Go watch his videos. I really like the Blue Album. And um, I can't wait to watch the Pinkerton one and see what I learn. So thank you very much, Larry. So you've already decided you'll come back on the show?
2: Yeah, I'll be back for sure.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, adios. Bye, guys.
0: We are Weezer and I love you.